Welcome to the Congressional Record, a podcast by ProLegis. Each week, we bring you a deep dive into Congress's policy priorities. In this podcast, we will cover the processes unique to the first branch of government and discuss some of the pressing policy issues legislators are working on. I'm your host, Charlene Burns, a researcher with the ProLegis policy team. Today, we bring you an episode on surprise medical bills. Members of Congress have been debating how to best address surprise medical bills for two years. A compromise was finally reached in the 116th Congress when the No Surprises Act passed as part of the omnibus spending legislation. The No Surprises Act, which banned surprise medical bills, finally went into effect in the beginning of 2022, but industry groups and policymakers are pushing back against the Biden administration's implementation of the law, arguing that it deviates from congressional intent. In this episode, we'll talk about what surprise medical billing is, federal law around the issue, the implementation of the No Surprises Act, and related legislation. ProLegis is a new policy technology company founded by former congressional staffers and startup alums. We have one mission, to offer free tools that make it easier to learn about, track, and deepen your understanding of policy issues and legislation. We offer free features such as U.S. code redlining and a personalizable dashboard to track the legislation and congressional activity that matters to you. We also offer nonpartisan, unbiased information through our briefings and podcasts. Sign up for a free account today to get full access to the suite of policy tools on ProLegis.com. The term surprise medical billing is used to describe medical charges that arise when someone with health insurance receives an unexpectedly high medical bill. This usually occurs after that person unknowingly received care from an out-of-network provider or doctor. These unexpected charges often have two components that can make them surprisingly expensive. First, a patient will typically owe more under their health plan due to the difference in cost-sharing levels between in-network and out-of-network services. Second, a patient will be charged for the balance of a health provider's costs, minus any payment to the patient's health insurance, known as balance billing. This balance occurs because the provider is out of network, and the insurance company and health provider have not agreed to a rate that the provider will accept as payment in full. The two most common scenarios that lead to surprise billing are emergency services and out-of-network providers at in-network hospitals. In the first case, patients may not have a choice about where they receive care or who will provide it. For example, if a patient fell unconscious and was transported by ambulance unknowingly to the nearest hospital, it's possible that they would receive care that is not covered by their health insurance. In this case, the ambulance ride may also not be covered by insurance, contributing to a surprisingly high medical bill. Emergency transportation is one of the leading causes of surprise bills. In other cases, a patient may go to a hospital that they believe is in-network, but not be aware that they are receiving care from an out-of-network provider at that hospital. Patients may not have a choice about certain types of facilities-based providers, such as anesthesiologists, pathologists, radiologists, and emergency providers. 
Surprise medical billing is not uncommon. 20% of emergency room visits involve care from at least one out-of-network provider, and two-thirds of ambulance rides are out-of-network. According to a survey by Kaiser Health News, one in five patients have received a surprise medical bill in the last two years, and 18% of emergency department visits resulted in at least one surprise medical bill. An Axios report on surprise billing found that people having surgery or receiving mental health and substance abuse treatment at an in-network hospital are the most likely to experience a surprise medical bill from an out-of-network provider. For those with employer-based insurance, out-of-network charges were 50% higher among heart attack victims than for other diagnoses. Axios also reported that 21% of women undergoing mastectomies experience out-of-network provider charges. Surprise medical bills demonstrate a gap in private health insurance that may be difficult or confusing to navigate for patients. This gap has been of interest to policymakers for many years, but there has historically been limited federal oversight over this aspect of private health care insurance. This is slightly different for those who are covered by public health insurance. Federal law generally provides protections for surprise billing of beneficiaries of federal health care programs, such as Medicare, Medicaid, the State Children's Health Insurance Program, and the Veterans Health Administration Program. For several years, policymakers debated how to extend similar protections for those who have private health insurance. Ultimately, this resulted in passage of the No Surprises Act in December 2020. Congress included the No Surprises Act in the Consolidated Appropriations Act in 2020. The law provides protections for consumers from surprise medical bills for emergency services performed by out-of-network providers and non-emergency services provided by out-of-network providers at in-network facilities. It also establishes arbitration procedures for the resolution of payment disputes among insurance providers and healthcare providers. The No Surprises Act addresses the problem of surprise billing in emergency contexts by providing that, until a patient is stabilized and transferred to an in-network facility, that patient will only be responsible for paying the deductibles and co-payments that they would be required to pay for in-network treatment under their insurance plan. This includes coverage for air ambulance bills, but does not cover surprise bills for ground ambulances. With respect to unexpected charges from out-of-network providers at in-network facilities, the law requires that patients who receive non-emergency services only be responsible for in-network cost-sharing amounts. The No Surprises Act allows specified out-of-network providers to occasionally balance bill patients only if the patient is provided a written notice of their network status and an estimate of the charges at least 72 hours prior to the services. However, anesthesiologists, laboratories, and radiologists are excluded from this carve-out, and are prevented from balance billing patients regardless of written notice. Finally, the No Surprises Act directed the executive branch to establish new arbitration procedures to help with negotiations between healthcare providers and insurers. Under these new procedures, insurance and providers have 30 days to negotiate the payment amount of a surprise bill. 
If the parties are unable to reach an agreement, independent dispute resolution may be requested. The federal government will also determine a list of entities available to take cases. The majority of the provisions in the No Surprises Act officially went into effect on January 1st of 2022. However, the executive branch was also tasked with promulgating a rule specifying how exactly the arbitration process would work. After the break, we'll talk about the debate around this rulemaking. Looking for a simple policy brief that will give you the context necessary to write that policy memo or vote recommendation? Prolegis briefings are quick, no-nonsense summaries of trending topics with overviews of legislation and links to additional reading from the best of the policy landscape. Prolegis briefings are objective and nonpartisan, and they provide the key details on trending bills or policy topics, as well as the resources to dive deeper. Each week, Prolegis publishes briefings that address the most important issues in Congress, covering a wide range of topics including healthcare, energy and environment, finance and taxation, technology, transportation and infrastructure, social issues, and more. Sign up for a free Prolegis account to get access to Prolegis briefings today. After the No Surprises Act passed, it fell to the executive branch, the incoming Biden administration, to draw out the specifics of how the arbitration process outlined in the bill would actually function. In June of 2021, before the Biden administration issued a final rule outlining the specifics on implementation, a bipartisan group of almost 100 members of Congress sent the Biden administration a letter. In the letter, the members requested a balanced process to settle payment disputes between plans and providers. In particular, members of Congress, as well as healthcare providers, were interested in how the new arbitration process for providers and insurers would weigh different factors for determining costs. The 100 members, along with healthcare providers, were concerned that the arbitration process may favor insurers. Providers were hopeful that additional factors, such as market share and prior contract history, could be considered in the arbitration process. On the other hand, insurers, with the support of a separate group of members, were concerned that expanding the factors considered in this arbitration process would create regulatory ambiguity that could favor healthcare providers that have historically benefited from surprise billing. The primary tension between the two sides was focused on how to weigh median in-network rates as a factor in payment arbitration. Providers hoped that decreasing the weight of median in-network rates by including other factors, like market share and prior contract history, would increase their chances of generating higher payments from the arbitration process. For example, they hoped that the arbitration process would weigh their previously contracted rates from before the change in the law. On July 1st, the administration issued an interim final rule prohibiting surprise medical bills for emergency services, air ambulance services provided by out-of-network providers, and non-emergency services by out-of-network providers at in-network facilities. The rule also proposed to limit cost-sharing to in-network levels and provided guidance surrounding how healthcare providers should inform patients about protections. 
To resolve payment disputes, the rule instructed third-party arbiters to begin negotiations with the in-network median payment rate, considered as the qualifying payment rate, while providing the flexibility to consider additional information. However, this initial interim rule did not address potential independent resolution processes, which is expected to be contentious for various stakeholders. The interim final rule was met with mixed reactions from industry and patient advocates. Industry advocates, like the American Hospital Association, expressed their support for patient protections, but argued that some aspects of the rule could harm insurers and destabilize providers. On the other hand, the American College of Emergency Physicians and Families USA discussed their support for the rule, which they believe recognized the need for transparency and reflected policymakers' attempts to address patient concerns. House Committee on Education and Labor Chairman Robert Scott and Ranking Member Virginia Fox sent a letter to the Biden administration to voice their support for efforts made to follow congressional intent when drafting the rule. According to Scott and Fox, congressional intent had been to base the arbitration process on the median in-network rate. However, other lawmakers led by representatives Brad Renstrup and Tom Swazi argue that the language of the No Surprises Act requires the arbiter to consider additional factors such as provider training, quality of outcomes, complexity of services, and parties' market share. These factors were essentially left out of the interim rule, making the median in-network rate the default factor. In November, a group of Republican senators signed a letter requesting the Biden administration to alter the rule to include the consideration of these additional factors before January 1st of 2022 believing that the interim rule's interpretation of the law deviated from congressional intent. Industry groups such as the American Hospital Association and American Medical Group Association agreed that these additional factors should be included in resolving disputes and that the arbiter shouldn't focus on qualifying payment amounts. The American Hospital Association contended that an emphasis on median in-network rates would create an insurmountable set of conditions for providers. In December, the American Hospital Association and the American Medical Association filed a lawsuit on behalf of hospitals, health systems, and physicians against the arbitration process in the interim final rule on the basis that it wrongly prioritized the median in-network rate. Multiple other groups, such as the American College of Emergency Physicians, Texas Medical Association, and Association of Air Medical Services have also challenged the rule. Senator Bill Cassidy stated that he does not expect the administration to change the rule's implementation unless the courts instruct otherwise based on the lawsuits. Legal observers believe the courts will likely rule in favor of the Biden administration. Precedent set by the Supreme Court holds that courts generally must defer to government agencies' rulemaking when a law's language is ambiguous. As of today, patients with private insurance across the U.S. will now be protected from the bulk of surprise medical bills due to the No Surprises Act. However, the specifics for the arbitration process for healthcare providers and insurers are still uncertain until the final rulemaking is issued and the cases are resolved.
That's all for this episode of the Congressional Record. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to sign up for your free ProLegis account if you haven't already. You can go to ProLegis.com, that's P-R-O-L-E-G-I-S.com, to find additional show notes and sources for each of our episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handles are in the episode notes as well. Finally, I want to give special thanks to Keishal Patel for helping in researching this episode, and I want to thank Jason Lemons, Greg Nunziata, and Barbara Kittredge for helping to edit this episode. We'll see you next week on The Congressional Record.